And good morning to everyone in Southeast Louisiana. It is play-by-play coming to you live here on this Thursday. Casey Jiskler here. Hope you guys are enjoying your days. I apologize for missing yesterday's show. Uh, Just had a lot going on work-wise. And I had an engagement. Was told that engagement would be over by 1045, which would have meant I could easily make it back here for 1130. That engagement kept going on and 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 on. Or I knew it, it was 11.20 and I hadn't left. And instead of speeding here 100 miles an hour, just shot the text message like, hey, got to sit out this one. So I apologize for that. But we are back here today and we've got Taylor Griffin lined up at 12.15. We've got Cam Pierce lined up at 12.45. So you do the math. All the back end of the show is tied up. So that means on the front end of the show, we're going to do things a little bit different. I'm going to do a first segment here on our local scoreboard, recapping everything that's been happening. But then in the next segments, we're going to do the the college and pro thing. In the next segment, we'll talk a little NBA, a little college basketball, whatever it may be, maybe a little college baseball. Then actually at 12 o'clock today, I'm going to give you your betting picks leading into Taylor. I'm going to give you your betting picks at 12 o'clock because we're going to just wrap up the show with Cameron Pierce. So that's the game plan for today. That's where we're going today and hope everybody's enjoying their day. So let's dive into the baseball scoreboard. From yesterday, Central Lafouche opens up their home park, plays their first home game since the storm. You got a 10 to 5 emotional win over New Iberia. Look, I'm not going to do the whole segment of where I'm drooling and salivating and saying that everybody in our area is good at baseball, but everybody in our area is good at baseball. The Trojans got a 10 to 5 win over New Iberia. Assumption gets a 6 to 5 win over HL Bourgeois which is every bit of the indictment of how H.L. Bourgeois is this year because we know Assumption's good. We know they're one of the top teams in the area, if not the top team in the area, and Bourgeois runs from stride for stride. That's a Bourgeois team that some folks were maybe speculating and hinting was maybe going to be one of the teams behind it a little bit locally. Yeah, maybe not. They're playing really well to start the season. Yesterday on the baseball scoreboard, we had Southside get a 14-3 win over Holman Christian. That's just a little bit of a mismatch, right? You got Southside, a big old public school out in the Lafayette area, taking on little old 2A home of Christian school. That was always going to be a tough one, and Southside takes advantage of them 14-3 to and gets a big win in non-district play, doing what they got to do in that one. Um, I think that actually was the end of our local scoreboard yesterday. Uh, no, my bad. Covenant Christian, CCA gets a 7-3 to win over Patrick Taylor, Science and Technology, so good win for CCA. Now, because we didn't do a show yesterday, we would be remiss if we didn't tell you the Tuesday scoreboard, February 28th, because we had some very interesting games that were played. Um, Let's see. And we start off in our local area in 5A, where we had the Willow School beat Central Lafouche 5-1. So the Trojans battled back yesterday and got a win over New Iberia after falling to the Willow School the day prior. Destrahan beats Bell Chase 6-1, good win for them. Bourgeois beats Homa Christian 5-4, good win for them. Dutchtown 7, Hanville 3, a game that you were able to hear right here on KLEB. South Lafouge gets an extra innings, 8-inning win, 6-5 over Terrebonne. They stay undefeated 4-0 on the year. <clears throat> there were so many um, conversations, so many discussions so many different things were said. Oh, is South Lafouche baseball still going to be good? Are they still going to be competitive? You know, you lose Darren Ducey, you lose Hunter Conley, you lose Matt Lee, Ben Martin, Deuce Jeremy, um, 
on and on and on. Uh, Jonah Kale, Josh Pierce, like you lose all of those guys, and I'm sure there are others still yet that I'm forgetting. What are you going to have left? Over the summer, I watched them play and thought they were still pretty damn good. They're 4-0 to start the year, getting a win over a really good Terrebonne team, 6-5. Now, look, let's be frank. There was a little luck involved, right? Terrebonne had bases loaded with no outs twice, only scored one run. Couldn't convert. Terrebonne couldn't get a timely hit. But that doesn't take away from the fact that Terrebonne was also leading 3-0 and South LaFouche battled back. Doesn't take away from the fact that the Tarpon pitching staff executed in those tight situations. The defense executed in those tight situations. And in the eighth inning, you find a way to manufacture a run. You get a base shot, uh, and then you know you get the runner over, and you, you execute a suicide squeeze. It's not a team that's going to play the game the same way as we saw it played last year, right? There's not going to be very many three-run home runs, right? <clears throat> but we're going to see base hits. We're going to see guys moving around and, and playing a different style and a style that could be just as effective if you execute. And the Tarpons got a big win over Terrebonne. Now, the behemoths in the area are maybe South Terrebonne. The defending state champions who returned so much off of that team. They beat Thibodeau 19-6. to They led 12-1 to at the end of the first inning. Coach Barber and his team are just rolling, hitting the cover off of the baseball, and they're off to such a dominant start. On Tuesday, Ellender beat Westgate 5-2. So Coach Delahousse and his team get a big non-district win. Assumption beat CCA 6-4. So they get a big non-district win. Lutcher beats Liberty 10-0. Lutcher is mammoth, as we knew that they would be, right? Vanderbilt. Uh, falls to North Shore, 13-3. Slow start to the year for the Vanderbilt team. They're struggling a little bit at times. EDY, 13. Haynes Academy, 2. Good win for the Cardinals there. Uh, let's see. We had St. James beating John Errett, 10-1. Good win for them. Uh, then we go to Single A, Covenant Christian Academy, as we said a minute ago, fell to Assumption. Though that's our baseball scoreboard from the last two days. Now, let's talk about basketball. <clears throat> on Tuesday, Vanderbilt beat Northside in a thriller on the boys' side. Just back and forth. Northside led for most of the game. Vanderbilt made the last run in the game. Northside kind of got cold down the stretch. And they found a way to get a win. Excellent win for them in that game. As I apologize, I had to turn off the mic, clear my throat a little bit. Um, excellent win for them in that game. They move on. Now they'll take on Shaw. Beating Shaw is going to be a whole different challenge for, for the Vanderbilt team. Shaw played them once earlier in the season, put it on them pretty good. That's going to be a big test. But I think Vanderbilt's better now than what they were earlier in the season, so you never know how that's going to shake out. Now the game that I want to talk about here before our first commercial break and before we, before we shift to kind of a more college pro-heavy segment before we dive back into the high school later in the show at the top 28 in the Division II Select State Quarterfinals, we had St. Louis Catholic get a 61-51 win over Vanderbilt Catholic yesterday. They improved to 25-6 and on the season. And Vanderbilt, man, they had them. In the first quarter, 16-9, the Terriers lead. They ballooned out a double-digit lead in the second quarter. But playoff P, Paris Guillory, was the best player on the floor last night for the Saints. Paris Guillory broke Kim Mulkey's single-game top 28 scoring record for the girls, scoring 41 points to lead St. Louis. 41 points, 20 rebounds, 18 of 22 from the free-throw line, 3 of 6 from deep. 
She was absolutely, positively amazing. Four assists, four steals, two blocks, played the full 32 minutes of action, and they are able to get the win over Vanderbilt, thanks in part to a dominant 15-4 third quarter, which allowed them to balloon out a lead. Then they hold on in the fourth quarter, and uh, it is St. Louis who punches that ticket forward, gets the win over Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt just didn't have enough scoring, man. Uh, Michaela Charles scored 25 of their 51 points. The whole rest of the team scored 26 points. Vanderbilt was listening to this. One of 22 from the three-point line. One of 22 from the three-point line. It's tough. It's tough in high-stakes playoff basketball in the semifinals round to be one of 22 from the three-point line, 14 of 24 from the free-throw line. I mean, you're missing free throws. You're missing three-pointer. Like, you're not going to survive. Michaela Charles gets 25 and 11. She caps off her sophomore year with a bang. But the players and the support staff around her were not able to do enough to carry the Terriers forward. That's a team that's really young, man. They're going to have a lot coming back. They're going to have some, uh, this whole crew, not this whole crew. I shouldn't say that. They do lose some seniors. But they're going to have a lot of this crew coming back. And they'll be back in this position next year. There's no doubt about it. Schedule break on play-by-play. When we get back, we'll talk about some professional basketball, maybe a little college basketball, maybe a little college baseball, all leading into the back end of the show. At noon, I've got our betting picks. At 12.15, we've got Taylor Griffin. At 12.45, we've got Cam Pierce of Terrebonne Baseball. It's play-by-play. We'll be right back after this quick timeout. You're listening to KLEB, 1600 AM and K274DE, 102.7 FM, Golden Meadow. The French Connection, the all-new Raging Cajun, 102.7 FM. Hi, my name is Reggie Lede. I am running for the Greater Lafourche Port Commission, CE. I'm number one on the ballot with 31 years of experience in the oil and gas industry, from the drilling rigs in the Gulf of Mexico to managing one of the largest shore bases in Port Fouchon. I am a proven leader and focused on our future. I humbly ask you, my constituents of the 10th Ward, for your vote on March 25th with early voting beginning March 11th through the 18th. Paid for by the Regula Day Campaign Fund. Following a natural disaster, it is imperative that insurance companies respond quickly for our communities begin to rebuild. Louisiana law requires prompt adjustment of claims as well as payment following a storm. If your insurance company failed to pay your claim within 30 days following inspection of your property, please call us at AMO Trial Lawyers, 985-446-3333. That's 985-446-3333. You may have an additional claim for recovery. AMO Trowlers. Did you or your loved ones go without this hurricane season? Well, this year, go with Industrial Power Systems, your only local power generation professional serving Lafouche for over 18 years. We offer sales, service, installation, and maintenance on all major brands of residential, commercial, industrial, and marine generators for the most trusted brands in the industry. Generac, Kohler, Briggs & Stratton, Cummins Onan, and many more. Industrial Power Systems. Power is our middle name. Call us today at 632-1692 or come see us on the back road in Galliano. 
Gulf South Homes is a locally owned and operated mobile home dealership specializing in manufactured homes, modular homes, office units, and camps. Gulf South Homes offers land home packages on your land or ours. Our friendly staff will help you with parts and service and insurance. Did you know you can even custom design your home? And we work with the Restore Louisiana Grant Program. So see us today at 1986 Highway 182 in Homa or call 985-876-0222. The home of your dreams is waiting for you at Gulf South Homes. Here's Daily Hope with Pastor Rick Warren. Did you know that in this book, the Bible, there are over 7,000 promises from God to you? If you want to be a man of faith, if you want to be a woman of faith, you need to become a promised person. You need to know these promises. You need to write some of them down on cards. You need to memorize them so that when you're starting to feel overwhelmed, you can remember, oh yeah, but God has promised. Da, 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 and you can say it. And so what he does is he said, God, I know who you are. You're a big God. And God, I know what you've done in the past. You've helped me through all my other tough times. And God, you've promised to take care of me in the future. I'm asking you to do what you'll say you do. Keep your promise. Fulfill your character. I'm going to focus on you. Hear more from Rick Warren at PastorRick.com. Engulfed, the Arnold Palmer Invitational is going on right now, presented by MasterCard. Um, I'm not going to break down the Arnold Palmer Invitational. That's not what anybody here wants me to do on play-by-play. But I will talk some golf here because here's the thing, man. I'm a pretty open-minded guy, right? And I'm pretty tolerant of different thoughts, different opinions, I've got a lot of friends who think that if the New Orleans Saints sign Derek Carr, that they're going to win the Super Bowl next year. I don't agree with that. I think it's ridiculous. But I tolerate that opinion, right? Because it may be right. It may be correct at the end of the day. I thought Lonzo Ball was going to be an NBA superstar. He wasn't. Sometimes you swing, sometimes you miss. Sometimes you swing, sometimes you hit a double. Sometimes you hit a home run. That's just part of being a, an opinionated sports fan. What I don't tolerate is hypocrisy, right? For now more than a year, we've had to hear the PGA Tour brain trust and their brainwashed golf media that follows them loyally talk about how the Live Golf Tour was bad for golf. Oh, it's dirty Saudi money. Despite the fact that half of your sponsors on the PGA Tour have Saudi ties. Oh, it's illegitimate golf. There's no cuts. It's terrible for the sport. Yesterday, the PGA Tour announced that they're basically going to mimic the Live Golf Tour, announcing a series of several events that are going to transform and set the future direction of the PGA Tour. Okay, innovative idea, right? What you doing different, PGA Tour? The fields are going to have 70 to 80 players. There will be no cuts, um, and it's basically going to be live golf on the PGA Tour. This will be for a select group of tournaments. 
And I just, I can't stomach nor let this go without sliding because since the inception of the Live Golf Tour, we've had to hear numbskulls like Rory McIlroy talk and talk and talk and talk and be just on and on and on and on about how bad the tour is, how bad Greg Norman is, how this is terrible for golf, how this is illegitimate, how this is not right, and on and on and without, without you know, relent. And then the PGA Tour has had these big meetings, right? These player-led meetings. Tiger Woods has gotten involved. McElroy has gotten involved. Player-led meetings. How do we fix this? How do we get this right? And their answer is to do exactly what Liv is doing. Like identical, like just copying the idea. And then now, suddenly the golf media who has been telling us now for more than a year, no cuts, that's terrible. They're now jumping up in the air and rejoicing. Oh, this is splendid. This is a great idea because daddy PGA Tour is doing it and not evil Saudi money over on the other side. I don't understand why, if you're a golf reporter, why you push back against the Live Golf Tour. If you're a golf reporter and you're feeding your family off of golf being played and being watched and being consumed, why would more of that be bad? Why is it that the loyalty of the golf media guy and gal is not to the sport, but it's to the tour? Why is that? You should be wanting there to be two tours, three tours, four tours, all thriving, all making money, because guess what? That's more interest in your work. So this idea that since this is all started, that golf media guy is steadfast in their support of not the sport, but of the PGA Tour specifically is dumb. It's dumb. And now even more than that, is the PGA Tour mimicking what Liv is doing, and then now all of those ideas, which one year ago were all terrible, now they're suddenly great. Tell me you're a hypocrite without physically and verbally saying, hey, yo, I'm a hypocrite. Your break, man. It was disturbing yesterday seeing that. It was ridiculous. The New Orleans Pelicans got a big win last night, big, big win over the Portland Trailblazers. Um doesn't right all of the wrongs of the last couple of months. It's a Pelicans team that still was once in first place and now is hanging on by a thread at the bottom half of the top 10 standings in the West. But at least they seem to have found their want to compete again, right? After really not playing hard for the last several games, they they competed hard in the fourth quarter last night against Portland. So where does it go from here? The Pelicans are continuing to be out on a Western Conference road trip. Their next matchup will come in a couple of days. They'll be taking on, I believe it's Golden State. Yeah, Golden State will be the next matchup. That'll be tomorrow night. So New Orleans will be trying to to hang on, trying to survive, trying to keep their head above water without Zion Williamson in the lineup because every day that goes by is another day that's, you know, left in the season, and I don't think he's coming back. You know, he's just now being reevaluated and like he hadn't even returned to the practice floor. And like there's a month left in the season. I don't think he's coming back. Month and a half left in the season, maybe the last couple of weeks. But I don't know. I'm just getting nervous and I'm not sure that he's going to be part of the plans going forward for the rest of the year. So what you got is what you got. You're going to have to make it work with um, 
you know, Ingram and McCollum and, and Herb Jones and, you know, even Alvarado's out right now, so he's not part of what they're doing. So it's a team that's beat up, but at least for one night last night, they found their want to compete. They rallied back against Portland on a night where, frankly, in the first half, they weren't getting a very good whistle, right? They weren't. And it is what it is. They just were not getting a very good whistle. You went anywhere near Damian Lillard, and it was a foul, and he was shooting free throws and everything in between. But you survived that. You got to the second half, gave yourself a chance, played your best basketball, defended well, and you found a way to get a win. So that was good news for New Orleans last night. If I want to make fun of them when they're not playing well, i got to be willing to pat them on the back when they are. And last night they did what they had to do. Nichols. Nichols men's basketball got a big win last night over Lamar. They clinched themselves a Southland Conference tournament bye. They will go in as the number four seed. They're likely to play A&M Commerce on Monday, the five seed, in a four versus five. Commerce got to win a game first against number eight to get to that point. Um, but the Colonels have clinched their spot into Lake Charles and will be rooting them on. I think that the Southland Conference right now, as it stands, is wide open. I truly believe, was hell, hell, we saw it last night, right? Lamar ended the season as the last place team in the league. Last. And they challenged Nichols on the road, tooth and nail. It was a back and forth. Like, I don't see much difference in Nichols and, let's say, UNO, who's a team that enters near the bottom. I don't see much difference in Nichols and Commerce. I don't see much difference between Nichols and Houston Christian. Uh, All of these teams are playing well, and all of these teams, when they play well and the other team's off a little bit, are capable of beating the other. So I expect there's an opportunity for some wild stuff, some upsets, some crazy results out there in Lake Charles. Hopefully the Colonels can win the three games that they need. But I don't know. Corpus Christi and Northwestern State have the double buys. It's going to be tough to beat Corpus Christi, man. I think that their head and shoulders the best team that I've seen in the league. But who knows how it's going to shake itself out whenever we actually get to Lake Charles. LSU gave one away yesterday on the men's basketball side. I think it's just a painful season. The season can't end soon enough. The women are starting the SEC tournament in the coming days. We'll have the opportunity to try to maybe get revenge on South Carolina. The Tigers got a bunch of buys stacked up. They're not playing today. But in the coming days, they'll be in action. Uh, They'll be facing an opponent tomorrow at 5. So LSU will be trying to uh, take home the SEC tournament and try to make some things happen there. Um on Tuesday, the LSU baseball team got a big win over Texas. How about Gavin Duga, man? This is a guy that um, has played sporadically, has battled some injuries, but every time he's been like consistently in the lineup, he's been good. He's produced. He's given you good results. So far this season, he's batting over 400. He's now catapulted to the leadoff spot. He's playing second base. And on Tuesday, he hit a towering three-run home run to break a 0-0 tie in the ninth inning and allow LSU to beat Texas 3 to nothing. Look, we talked about Cruz and, and Tommy Tanks and Trey Morgan and all of the different pieces that LSU has. And boy, they've got pieces of plenty. They've got dudes up and down that roster. But don't forget about the little guy from close to home out at home of Louisiana. The little guy who supports our area the little guy who comes home for the blue boot rodeo and signs autographs and I think actually wears a blue boot wristband around his wrist 
Don't forget about the guy who loves this area and loves our Cajun people because he's out there fighting with them LSU Tigers, the top of the order, one of the leaders of that team, and right now one of the most productive players on that team. Gavin Dugat, we see you, brother. We see what you're doing. You're making an impact, and you are inspiring the people in this area right now. I know it because I hear him talking about it. I went to the high school ballpark on Tuesday. One of the first things the South Lafouche player asked me, hey, what's the score of the LSU game? At the time, it was the seventh inning, 0-0. The next question, hey, how's Dugat doing? Does he have a hit yet? We see what you're doing, bro. You're making a big impact, and we're so damn proud. Keep swinging. Stay hot, brother. Let's go to Omaha and win the whole damn thing. Let's catch a break when we get back. Talk a little bit about some things happening in the world of sports, and I'll get you our betting picks. It's play-by-play on KLEB. We'll be right back after this. Connection, the all-new Raging Cajun, 102.7 FM. Chevrolet Suburban, Tahoe, Traverse, Blazer, Equinox, Trailblazer, Trax. Looking for the room to haul your passengers and cargo area to fit your needs? Golden Motors has your SUV waiting for you. Come on in and check them out. Special APR as low as 2.9% for 60 months on 2023 Chevy Equinox. Hurry before it's gone. Chevy, find new roads. Golden Motors, 15101, Highway 3235, and Cutoff on the back road. 325-1000, price is priority. 2.9% APR with approval through GM Financial. See dealer for details. Time is money. Don't waste both running around looking for filters, batteries, and belt sand-related items. Fleet Supply Warehouse delivers. Fleet Supply offers daily scheduled delivery, including Bayou Lafourche, New Orleans, Morgan City, New Iberia, Lafayette, Thibodeau, Baton Rouge, the North Shore, plus the River Parishes, too. Automotive, lawn equipment, agricultural, marine, or industrial. Fleet Supply Warehouse, 985-868-0430. Venture Boulevard, Homa. It's Mike to tell you for Neal Small Engine Incorporated. Listen up. That's what we did at Gravely. We listened to lawn professionals. Then we brought the professional performance home. Gravely residential zero-turn mowers show the neighborhood that you mean business. Zero turns that are as tough as nails operate a comfort beyond compare. We've had 100 years of professional advice to perfect cutting performance. Just drop the deck, put the neighbors on notice. Gravely, driven from within. At Neal Small Engine Incorporated, locations in Homa, LaRoe, Five Parish Police Supplies is a top-of-the-line police, fire, and EMS supply store, as well as a great source for tactical and home defense needs. Tri Parish Police Supplies is open to the public Monday through Friday, 9 till 5, and on Saturdays, 10 till 2. So stop in at Tri Parish Police Supplies on Highway 311 today. For more info, call 985-873-9989. Want to become a certified babysitter? Terrebonne General Health System is excited to offer super sitter classes. Participants will learn first aid and CPR along with safety, business, and basic child care skills. Classes are for ages 11 to 15 and will be held at Terrebonne General. Upon completion of the program, students will receive a two-year American Red Cross babysitter CPR first aid certification. Our summer sessions are about to kick off. For class schedules and prices or to register, call 985-850-6204 or visit tghealthsystem.com. There's no combination of words I could put on the back of a postcard. No song that I could sing, but I can try. Hope that you guys are enjoying your lunch hour, which has just started. 12 o'clock is here. Go, if you're in the Homa area, maybe go get you some A-Bears. Maybe go get you some Chick-fil-A. Battle those long lines. 
while in line, put the radio dial up, sit back, relax. We'll give you some sports talk. We've got Taylor Griffin coming in the next segment. That should be fun. Uh, we're going to do our mailbag segment tomorrow, by the way. Was supposed to do it yesterday. Didn't do a show. Have a thick list of calling guests uh, today. We'll do our mailbag tomorrow. I didn't forget you guys. I'm going to get our questions answered. That'll be on tomorrow. Um, today, I've got some betting picks in this segment. We'll also chit-chat about a couple of things happening in the world of sports before we go to our betting picks. Um, let's see what we got here on the list of things to talk about. We've got a long, extensive list. We talked about Nichols. We talked about the Pelicans. The New Orleans Saints are reportedly wanting an answer from Derek Carr, um, who is seemingly content to just kind of wait and be patient and, and, and try to uh, wait and see if a bidding war will start for his services. The Saints are one of several teams that have met with Carr multiple times. The Jets have met with him. The Carolina Panthers have met with him. And New Orleans is wanting an answer sooner rather than later, which is understandable because they want to come up with a plan and try to figure out what they're going to do if Carr's not part of their future. So here's, I think, where all the dominoes lie, right? I truly believe that Carr's number one option is the New York Jets. If the Saints were his number one option, there's nothing to wait for. He would, he would have already signed. He would already be in New Orleans. I think his number one option is the New York Jets. But, Aaron Rodgers is floating, and apparently Aaron Rodgers is the New York Jets' number one option. So, until Aaron Rodgers decides what it is that he wants to do, and apparently that's going to happen in the coming days, we don't know exactly how things are going to go. We don't know exactly where all these dominoes are going to fall. But I think that the Rodgers domino has to fall first. If he, Here's what I think is going to happen. Or the two options or the two scenarios that I think are going to happen. If he decides, which I think is option A, and I think there's probably about a 75% chance that this is what happens. If Rodgers decides, hey, I could work out my differences with Green Bay. Let's go and sign me a receiver. Maybe draft me a receiver. Let's retool our offense. We could get together. We could come through our differences. I think he would then go back to Green Bay. The Jets would then pay Carr. The Saints would be left with the rest ons, which would be the Garoppolo's of the world, maybe Baker Mayfield, maybe whoever else. And I think that's how New Orleans would have to play it out. That's probably option A. I think that's the most likely thing. The next thing that could potentially happen is Rodgers says, hey, to hell with Green Bay. I'm tired of y'all. Y'all never have me any weapons. I want to go and play for Coach Hackett, who was my old offensive coordinator. He's now with the Jets. I'm going to go to the Jets. Trade me to the Jets. Green Bay says, all right, boss, we trade you to the, to the Jets. The Jets have their guy. The market for Carr runs dry. He then has to sign with New Orleans. I think that's probably option two. Option three, which I think is the longest shot of them all, is Rodgers either goes to Green Bay or stays with the Jets, or, or goes with the Jets, rather, um, and then a mystery team emerges. There's rumors that Carolina... Pretty desperately wants a quarterback. Would it be them? Tampa Bay, would it be them? Could a mystery team emerge and pay the price willing to be paid? I don't know why Tampa's not all over this, right? Tampa has a great roster. <laughs> They've got a roster that won the Super Bowl just a couple years ago. You've got an outstanding roster. The only thing you don't have is, is Tom Brady anymore. They're saying they're going into the season with, with Trask as their quarterback. Are you kidding me? 
can't do that, right? So would they get desperate? Would they enter the bidding war? Would someone else enter the bidding war and possibly sway him away from New Orleans? But those are the three scenarios. I think the most likely is that he ends up with the Jets. I think the next most likely is that he ends up with the Saints. I think the Saints are right behind the Jets. But as Stan said on Tuesday's show, what does it say about New Orleans, right? What does it say about New Orleans that you're behind the damn Jets in terms of the list of uh, destinations? You're behind the Jets in terms of the places that quarterbacks want to go. That's embarrassing. That's embarrassing to be behind the Jets. Come on, man. The New Orleans Saints, you're a franchise that used to be like annual playoff contender. Now you're being led by Dennis Allen, who's like never won a game in his career, and you're behind the Jets in terms of destinations where quarterbacks want to go. That That's not good. That That's not good. So we'll see how that shakes out. That Those sweepstakes should, in theory, in the next seven to ten days come to a resolution, but who knows? These things have a tendency of dragging out. Aaron Rodgers kind of holds all the cards here, and he's kind of a knucklehead. So we'll see uh, if he makes his decision promptly. We'll see if he, um, who now holds all the cards, will will, uh, decide where he wants to play next season, if he wants to play at all. Which then adds a whole other wrinkle, right? What if he retires? What if he says, hey, it's not Packers, it's not Jets, I'm just retiring. I'm tired of this, I don't want to play anymore. Well, then you got the Jets who still need a quarterback, but then you also have Green Bay. I mean, I think Jordan Love would be there next in line, but who knows? So there are still some variables and some different things that we have to sort out, and we'll see how it goes. Uh, but just thought that would be interesting as it looks like that situation is heading a little bit closer to a resolution as we wrap up the um, combine and get all those things in and out the door. Let's catch a break when we get back. Out of the break, we're going to go to Taylor Griffin. Usually get him at 12.15. We get him a little early because... We got Cam Pierce lined up at 12.45, so if Turtle and I go long, I want to make sure they've got a little bit of cushion so that we could still get Cam on. Uh, I didn't give you your betting picks. Um, I'm going to figure out a way to get you your betting. In fact, no, let's do that right now. I don't want to I don't want to not give them, and then you know someone complains, oh, you said you were. So let me just get that out of the way right now. We've got our betting picks today. If the FanDuel app will open up. Today in the NBA, I like... Um, Dallas. Oh no, I'm not going to go Dallas. I don't trust Dallas. They're not playing well. Uh, over 232 for the Warriors and the Clippers. The Pacers minus five over the Spurs. Uh, let's go over 222 for the Raptors and the Wizards. Those are three NBA games that we like. Then we go to college basketball, and I could tell you that I like um Houston and Wichita State over 133. I like Michigan plus four and a half over Illinois. And then one more that I'll give you that I saw earlier. I like Manhattan plus six and a half over Siena. And then the last pick that I'll give you tonight comes from the Pac-12, I think. Nope, not from the Pac-12. I like over 127 and a half for Purdue and Wisconsin. So those are three betting picks. Let's catch a break. When we get back, we're going to the to the turtle, Taylor Griffin, over at Dufresne. We'll be chatting with him about things happening in the world of sports. We'll be right back after this. The music on the bayou, the all-new Raging Cajun 102.7 FM. Hi, my name is Reggie Ladey. I am running for the Greater Lafourchepour Commission, CE. I'm number one on the ballot with 31 years of experience in the oil and gas industry, from the drilling rigs in the Gulf of Mexico to managing one of the largest shore bases in Port Fouchon. I am a proven leader and focused on our future. 
I humbly ask you, my constituents of the 10th Ward, for your vote on March 25th with early voting beginning March 11th through the 18th. Paid for by the Regular Day Campaign Fund. Celebrating 75 years in business, Danos has been setting the standard for generations. How about becoming a part of something bigger and join the team? We're currently hiring for welders, fitters, and blaster painters to work at our fabrication yard in LaRose. You can apply now at www.danos.com or call us at 1-833-GO-DANOS. Great jobs, great people. That's Danos. Did you or your loved ones go without this hurricane season? Well, this year, go with Industrial Power Systems, your only local power generation professional serving Lafourche for over 18 years. We offer sales, service, installation, and maintenance on all major brands of residential, commercial, industrial, and marine generators for the most trusted brands in the industry. Generac, Kohler, Briggs & Stratton, Cummins Onan, and many more. Industrial Power Systems. Power is our middle name. Call us today at 632-1692 or come see us on the back road in Galliano. Attention event managers, Joe's Septic Contractors has been there for you in New Orleans and the surrounding areas. Whether it's a construction site, fair or festival, let Joe's Septic Contractors help you determine how many potties and how much temporary fencing you may need for your next event. Visit joeseptic at viscom.net. That's joeseptic at viscom.net. Locations in Cutoff, Thibodeau, Fouchon, Abbeville, Reserve, and Odessa, Texas. At Riley Johns Blue Boot Foundation, our mission is to help everyone be safer in and around water. Did you know drowning is the number one accidental cause of death in children under the age of four and the second leading cause of accidental death in children under the age of 14? Adolescents and adults are at greater risk of drowning in open water. Remember, drowning is preventable. Join Riley Johns Blue Boot Foundation. Pesky mosquitoes, gnats, and all kinds of South Louisiana bugs taking over your yard? Have no fear, Buzz Off is here to save your summer. Buzz Off is the only locally owned pest control company focusing on your outdoor living space. They use 100% organic ingredients, safe to all humans and pets. Check us out on Facebook or book your appointment today at buzzoffnow.com. Need our cedar beaters now? Call 985-333-8989 today to take your lawn back. Buzz Off Mosquito Control, safe, effective, guaranteed. Welcome back here to Play by Play on this Thursday. We get them a day late because I was a slacker and didn't show up to work yesterday. We go to Taylor Griffin, who's on the phone line now. Turtle, what's good, brother? Good afternoon, man. What's going on? Hey, what's happening? Good to, good to hear from y'all today. Absolutely, dude. Look, let's start with this. We're not going to talk high school basketball. It was almost a week ago the Tarpons got eliminated. But I want to ask you about this. And it's not something that you and I talk often, but I think it represents like a change in the community so i want to get your thoughts on it when we were kids there were a million different bantam football teams there were the broncos the panthers the tigers the tarpons and we would go and play central lafouche and chag bay and thibodeau and we go play all over now that's kind of fizzled a little bit biddy there used to be galliana biddy golden meadow biddy cutoff biddy la rose biddy lockport racing we'd all play one another there would be big old regional tournaments and 
national tournaments, and that's fizzled a little bit. But now the kids are playing baseball, brother, and South Lafouche, after losing everyone on their lineup, everyone in their lineup, replacing the whole varsity team, they're 4-0, bro. Like, this is now a baseball community, man. This isn't the old Bantam football days. This is now a travel ball baseball community. It's crazy to see the shift, but Tarpon baseball is going to just be good. That's just going to be the thing. Like, we're going to be known going forward as a community where, hey, they play great baseball down there, and that's different than it was 25 years ago when you and I were kids, bro. You are absolutely right. Um I don't have an explanation or even a theory on why and how and when the shift occurred, but it is obvious. It is right there in front of our faces, and it's a beautiful thing. I mean, look, I grew up playing baseball you know, as long as I could. I, uh, I hung it up uh, at the beginning of my ninth grade year. Just, uh, just had enough of it for, for you know, reasons I'm not going to discuss here. You know, I, I hate to... Uh, sound negative so but anyway it was a personal decision and i moved on for it from it could have played could have played a couple more years a few more years but decided to just focus on basketball um but anyway um it's i still love baseball to this day and while i really can't stand watching it on tv i could i could go watch two high school teams, travel ball teams that I've got zero connection with and enjoy the hell out of it in person. I love baseball in person. And to see the South Lafouche community thriving in the baseball world now, finally, man, it's uh, it's awesome. It's awesome to see. I'm so happy for those tarps. I'm so happy for Coach Chandler Guitros and all his staff. I know these guys put countless hours in. They... It's a bunch of really intelligent, hardworking, baseball-minded guys that all came together and are making something special happen. I love to see it, being friends with a lot of the guys on the staff, uh, having having friends who have kids on the team. I mean, it's it's just it's a beautiful thing. And, and yeah, you're right. Uh, the days of Biddy and Bantam. I mean. Who knows where that's going? You know, before you shifted to look at baseball, I thought this was going to be one of those grumpy old man, like if these kids would get off the damn Fortnite and go outside <laughs> and play it. And, but no, no, you shifted to uh, it's because they're all playing baseball. <laughs> uh, yeah, in all seriousness, man, it's uh, it's awesome. I, I love to see it. Um, it's, it's a beautiful thing, man. Go, go tarpon baseball. So – I've got a confession to make here, brother, and and you and I are are you know both Nichols fans. You know you, we both work with the university and uh, support them as as strongly as we can. We were both there last night. The Colonels do clinch a bye in the opening round of the Southland Conference tournament. T, I got to tell you something, man. Um, I don't know that Nichols is entering Lake Charles playing very well. You know they lose to Corpus, they lose to Commerce, lose to UNO. Last night, offense was a struggle. Shoot barely above 30% from the field. You're beat up. I get it. You got a lot of guys that are fighting injuries, and a lot of guys are in and out of the lineup. Pierce Spencer has to get back. Thomas has been in and out. Manny Littles has been in and out. You're without a lot of your key pieces, but the goal always is you want to peak and play your best basketball at the right time. I don't know that the Colonels are playing their best going into Lake Charles now. A lot can change. You could get Spencer back. You could find your peak. You could end up going to Lake Charles and winning the whole damn thing. 
but you're looking at a team that's three and three in their last six, playing kind of sloppy, just kind of limping by. Boy, I hope something changes in the next week or so. Yes, yes, I, I'm with you, man. I, uh, man, I've got so many thoughts about Nichols basketball. Uh, I'm gonna try to get through them as quick as I can. Uh, so first of all, yeah, the kind of the behind the scenes uh, sideline reports I was getting, uh, talking with some of the athletic administration. Um, yeah, Pierce Spencer was not going to be used last night unless absolutely necessary. And they were, uh, you know, they're doing all they can to make sure that um, that he's ready for next week. Uh, it was great to see Micah Thomas back in the lineup. Man, he, he looked to be 100% last night. He looked great. I don't know the Makai Collins situation, but he was in a boot. So I don't, I don't see him being ready for Katie. You know, that's a huge loss in the post. Yep. Um, Manny Littles looked to be a hundred percent last night. That was great. So, so my thing, I, I wish, yeah, of course it would have been nice to see them win the conference, uh, regular season outright again and go in with a double bye. But the style that this team plays, I think. I think they're better off without that. I think they're they're a big momentum team. I think they just the days of them just bullying teams and we're just gonna beat you by twenty, like that that kind of fizzled off. And I I've been worried because they would play they would play these non conference games at home and they'd beat teams by forty, fifty points and then like they beat Southeastern at home to open up conference by like, I don't know, twenty something points and I'm like, man, I, ne- I hadn't seen them really respond well to getting hit in the mouth first. You know, they go on the road. They, they, uh, you know, they played a close one at Mississippi State. They played a close one at Texas Tech. But uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think it was Baylor. I mean, just whopped them from beginning to end. Yeah, it was. Uh, they had a lot to learn about themselves, and then recently they play Corpus at home. And they got hit in the mouth, and they got hit in the mouth all game. And they kept it close, but they never really took the fight back. Now, I don't know what happened with Commerce. I wasn't there that game. But I think them learning how to get hit in the mouth and respond to it, I like last night's ugly, gritty, dirty game against a bad Lamar team. I love how beginning to end. I think the Colonels needed that to help them with their identity. And I think that's going to help them when they get to Lake Charles, you know, playing in front of the neutral crowd. They're going to hopefully get some good matchups here. And I I think it'll benefit them. And I'd much rather than not have those two buys with this situation so that they can build momentum, so that they're not sitting and letting another team build momentum to come meet them in the third round. I'm happy with only one buy. I think I think that's great for Nichols. Yeah, I think that's a good point. It looks like they'll actually, assuming the seeds hold up, which who knows, because I think there's a lot of parity in the league, but they'd be scheduled to play Commerce again in that first game on Monday. Uh, so we'll see how that shakes out for the Colonels. Man, put yourself in Coach Claunch's shoes, right? Because, look, teams down the stretch have decided, and it may be discovered, like if we stop transition – and we just sag into a zone, shade a lot of our attention into the lane, and make these guys make shots, that might be the ticket. And last night, Nichols shot 33% from the field, 8 of 26 from three. 
Some games they make more than others. Last night they did make eight of them, but still only shot 30% from the three-point line. How uneasy must Coach Clunch be knowing that it's going to just come down to if we make shots? Like, it's really that simple. They get the open looks. If they make them, they could cut down the nets. If they don't, they could be out in the first game. And look, bro, last night we saw it was frustrating them a little bit. I don't know if you if you saw it from where you were sitting, but we got the replay look. During one of the timeouts in the first half, he took his clipboard and just threw it across the court like he was furious. It's got to be an uneasy feeling knowing like, hey, I got him in the right positions. We just got to execute and make the damn shots. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I missed the clipboard talk. <laughs> <laughs> I, wish, I wish somebody would have pointed that out. Yeah, it's got to be frustrating as hell because, um, you know, what happened last night, like, Lamar hit us in the mouth early, but Lamar just didn't know how to finish. Lamar didn't know how to close out. They didn't know how to main, maintain and play with the lead and finish strong. And that allowed us to get in our groove, get some turnovers, force them to play fast, and then, you know, we were getting some fast break buckets, and then the shots start falling. See, it's all about us getting into our flow if the matchup allows for it. Um if they have a team that's out there, which they very well probably do. I mean, we saw Nichols lose to a couple of pretty good teams here recently. If they have a team that just sits back and dares us to shoot, man, that's uh, that really worries me. I would be really worried if I was Coach Clunch. I mean, it, it's, it's a matter of, like you said, just getting in the gym and getting the shots up. Like, if teams are going to sit back and, and just try to not allow you to get in that track meet, not allow you to get in that running gun where all your momentum and all your success is based off of, if they're just going to sit back and dare you to shoot, yeah, I'm scared. I'm very nervous about it. And I hope, uh, you know, I hope the Colonels start uh, finding the, the pure shooting form instead of just being streaky about it. Let's talk psychology here for a second, right? Because Nichols has Josh LeBlanc on their roster. And look, I may be speaking out of turn here. I don't know if he's 100% cleared, but I know he's been doing some court work and he's you know, been posting videos on Instagram. He's well above the rim. He's dunking. He's doing all his Josh LeBlanc stuff, the stuff that made him one of the best players in the state, the stuff that got him to Georgetown. And I got people that are telling me within the program, like, hey, that guy over there, that's the South of the Conference Player of the Year next year. Now, he's medical redshirting, so he's not going to play this year. But you got a dude like that who, let's assume for a second he is clear and he can go, and they're just being cautious. Hey, they don't want to burn him for two weeks and use, lose his whole year. They're going to save him for next year. How difficult must that decision be knowing, hey, you could just insert this thumper here and maybe change your whole team around. And I get that chemistry is a part of it and everything of the sort. But, boy, there's got to be at least a thought in the back of somebody's mind, like, hey, let's just break him out in Lake Charles and let's go roll. <laughs> I, um, While it sounds like a beautiful dream and a beautiful movie, uh, no, I can't, I can't support it. I yeah. can't support it. It's, uh, and that's from an outsider looking in, just knowing basketball. Now, look, I don't know anything about the team. I don't know what he's doing in practice. I don't know how well they click, but – I just – I would not be comfortable making that decision just his first in-game action and how long is at a conference tournament. Uh, like I said, yeah, that sounds like a cool movie and all, but, uh, yeah, 
the chemistry, the flow, the all the things that you can't teach, all the things that are important, the character building throughout the season, I'm a I would not be comfortable with it. Uh, <laughs> it's funny, it's fun and funny to think about, but no, it's uh, I think it's a bad idea. <laughs> oh no, no, I agree with you. I just like there's got to be that thought, like after you see him dunking on somebody, like oh man, wish we had that right now. But he will be out there next year and he'll be ready to roll. Um, let's talk about this, man. Jake Paul loses over the weekend to uh, Fury, not Tyson Fury, his his younger brother. Um, where are you on celebrity boxing, and does this end things for you with Jake Paul? Like, were you ever on board with Jake Paul? I may have already asked you this, in which case I apologize. But, boy, it does kind of dent the can a little bit because the thing with celebrity boxing, bro, is there's always this idea of when you're seeing a Paul brother knock out Nate Robinson, there's always this idea of, man, could he really do that to, like, an actual guy? And then when you see him lose to just kind of a C-list professional boxer, takes a little bit of the shine away. Man, um, are you going to watch any more Jake Paul stuff? Are you entertained? Does the win-loss you know, situation doesn't matter to you? What are your thoughts as you're seeing uh, Sunday's fight? I, I'm still entertained by it. I, I think uh, I think it's a good opportunity for him to learn and get better. I mean, yeah, he's been fighting all these, you know, you know, he fought a, a, a an ex-NBA player, a, a retired NBA player. He fought old retired MMA guys, you know, it's basically in that world, I don't want to call these guys bums because I'm sure they would just, you know, do a number on me, but <laughs> that world, in that world versus him, they are bums. Um, he finally got somewhat of a true professional boxing test and he lost, but he didn't get embarrassed, I don't think. I think he held his own for the most part. So if he wants to continue to grow and get better in it, uh, why not? You know, who, who's who's to stop, you know, in-shape YouTube celebrities who happen to have athletic backgrounds to just pursuing professional sports like this? I mean, it's entertaining for me. I mean, who knows? He, he might go on a two or three uh, fight losing streak and end up doing like uh, rough and rowdy next year. I mean, if that happens, it happens, but... It's still entertaining to me, which at the at the end of the day, that's that's all it is for me. Boxing means nothing to me, as far as having a passion for the purity of the sport. Uh, you know, it's if somebody's good and somebody wants to get together and order a pay per view, whatever, like yeah, yeah, let's watch it, let's order the Mayweather fight, yeah, yeah, let's do it, let's do it. I'm not keeping up with the news. I'm not studying who's supposed to be good and who's not. So. What Jake Paul's doing, I think, is that's good enough for me. And uh, I, I hope he keeps going. Ric Flair often says on his podcast that the end game for Jake Paul is to fight Mike Tyson someday. He don't want any of those problems, right? I don't care that Mike Tyson's 55, 60, whatever. Like, he don't want any of those problems, right? Like, that would end really poorly for him, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. I got to <laughs> agree with you. I got to agree with you. Unless... Unless he Mayweather's his way around and and just focuses on not getting hit and doesn't swing back and give Mike the opportunity for a counter, uh, yeah, I think Mike washes him in the first in one of the first two rounds. Yeah, it's hard to disagree. 
Um, let's talk about this for a second. Um, the Phoenix Suns get Kevin Durant on the floor with them for the first time last night, and they get a win. Now they were playing Charlotte. That's not a whole lot of anything, but they probably have the most talented team, right? You got Devin Booker, you got Kevin Durant, you got Chris Paul, you got some, uh, you know, eight in the middle, you got some other ancillary pieces. But in NBA history, and especially since we've started the super team era, the team that is thrown together almost never wins the first year. LeBron didn't win his first year in Miami and you know Harden and Durant and Kyrie, they came close. They didn't win their first year in Brooklyn. They never won one period. Like the team that's thrown together rarely wins it, especially when they're thrown together in the middle of the season. Are the Suns going to win it all, bro, or is this going to be a learning year for them? Nope, nope, learning year. It's uh it's not going to happen for them. It is it is too late to just throw something together like that and um, really hold it together for an entire playoff and, you know, to just get through these grueling series Well, once they start, I uh, I don't see it happening. Next year could very well happen, but uh, <clears throat> in my opinion, I think it's too late for them to have the realistic expectations of winning the NBA Finals this year. Bunch of great players. Uh, I'm not against the super team era. I'm not against... Uh, you know, these guys going around chase, chasing rings, chasing money, chasing whatever. Uh, I, I think it makes for entertaining basketball. It's good to mix it up. Uh, see guys, see faces in jerseys that you never thought you'd see before. See teammates coming together you never thought you'd see before. Uh, I think it's great for the sport for on the professional level. Um, but I do not think the Phoenix Suns are winning at all this year. No, no chance. I would be shocked. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with you on that, man. Um, let's talk about you know some some world of WWE for a second. I know you said you haven't watched a ton on the road to WrestleMania, but that's okay because a lot of the questions that we'll talk about here are going to be just generic. You know, hey, what are your thoughts? They're continuing to build Cody versus Roman. They're continuing to keep Sami Zayn in the periphery. Brock Lesnar will be facing Omos, which I think is a little bit weird, which leads to the question. There are already internet reports that Vince McMahon is the guy who suggested, hey, let's throw Brock and Olmos together. And Triple H was like, yeah, I guess we could do that. Kind of threw him a bone. Brock Lesnar has full creative control. He agreed to it because reportedly he denied fighting Bray Wyatt. He, he said he didn't want that match, so he took the Olmos match. <laughs> Are you nervous that at some point the old man's going to just have a bad day and say, all right, I'm, I'm steering the ship? Or do you think Triple H is handling this right and just saying, yeah, let him win one so that he feels important, he could have this one, and we'll just keep the ship ourselves? Man, it's nervous seeing that he's starting to like slowly start making decisions again, man. Yeah. Uh, man, we've talked about this a bunch of times, and my opinion is not going to change on it. Um, Vince McMahon is too old and out of touch to, to still be that deeply involved. If the Mr. McMahon character were to come back to television, I 100% support him. But as far as pulling strings in the back and making decisions about matches and and thinking he understands what the crowd wants right now, no, man. I just I agree with you. Brock Lesnar versus Omas or Omas or whatever. No, I I'm not a fan. I I don't I don't understand Omas's place in the WWE right now at all. Like, I, I'm i not sure what they think they're going to get out of him. I think he needs a faction around him. I think he needs to be a part of a stable because, like, you could only just be the, 
big, mean, scary giant for so long, you know, like, there's no Undertaker to go up against them. There's no Big Show to go up against them. There's no, uh, it's it just, it's it's not entertaining to me. I, I think he, you know, him and AJ Styles together was more entertaining than this. Uh, I don't see, I don't see him and Brock Lesnar being uh, a good match at WrestleMania. I'm, I'm just as puzzled and frankly just disappointed in the company for going with that. The only thing that I could see, and and I don't know that even this justifies it, but the only thing that I could see, bro, is they're saying, well, we really don't have a whole lot for Brock, right? Like the title situation's cleared up. He's kind of fought everybody else. We don't have a whole, have a whole lot for him. So let's just give him a WrestleMania moment. And whenever he F5s that big dude and beats him, that's going to be played and replayed over and over and over again for years to come. So maybe that's what they're trying to do. They're just trying to create a moment that could be on the entrance to or the, the, the intro video to Raw for years to come. You know what? Maybe that's it. That That's a, that's a good way to think about it. I didn't think of it that way. Um, I, I don't think that makes it okay, but it's, it's reasonable. It's, uh, you know, I, at this point, I think I'd rather see Shaq versus Omos instead of Brock Lesnar versus, <laughs> but it's, uh, yeah, just that one image. Maybe this match is going to be a, an eight minute squash and it's, there's going to be a, you know, rapid, quick violence, but you know, it, it just, I, I can't even come up with a good thought to think about. Like, it doesn't make any freaking sense, except what you what you mentioned. I, I guess it's just to capture one image, and then those who aren't familiar with where the image came from are going to think, man, that looked really impressive. And those who are familiar, who are paying attention, and they're going to think back to WrestleMania in 2023, like, man, why the hell did that matchup even occur? But I, I don't know. It's uh, I'm, I'm still iffy about it, but... It could just be about capturing the special image. You, you right there. So why don't we do this? And I'm going to be a booker for a second. And look, you got two guys that are both really strong right now in Lesnar and Lashley. They don't have great chemistry in the wrestling ring together, right? We've tried it. It's just kind of bleh. Like the characters don't mesh. And I think part of it is because the guys really don't want to sell for one another because they genuinely don't like one another. They're both MMA guys. They both think that they could beat each other's asses. So why don't we do this? Why not one WrestleMania, I was too late to do it this time, but why not one WrestleMania, we just let them have an MMA match? No hell, this same company that had Tough Enough, right? We had Butterbean against Bart Gunn at WrestleMania in a real yeah. shoot fight. Why don't we have Lesnar and Lashley in an actual MMA match, not booked, whoever wins, wins, and let's do that. Like, those guys, I think, are money, but the problem is they don't sell for each other because they don't like each other. So, like, let, let's let them legitimately fight. Yes. Yes, I think those two guys are grown enough and old school enough that they realize why they're going to be doing what they're doing. And at the end of it, they're going to, I think they'll help each other up and shake hands for the good of the sport of MMA that they just participated in on a global entertainment level, such as WWE. WrestleMania is the time to spend the big bucks and bring in the big names. Dude, go all out with it. Get. Somehow, whatever deal you got to work out, get Bruce Buffer in there, get get uh, what's his name, Dana White, Joe Rogan, whoever, get get them all involved. Get six guys commentating. Get 
but put it at WrestleMania. Could you imagine? Like, you know, the the people on the internet, you know, the wrestling fans, they talk about, you know, uh, why Vince never wanted to open the forbidden door or whatever. You know, they never wanted to mesh with other federations. They never wanted to do that. Like, dude, why not? At this at this point, why not? We've seen throughout WWE and WWF history, we've seen all these groundbreaking, oh my God moments that you never thought you'd see. Why not have, exactly like you said, I'm 100% on board with you. I 100% agree. Do it. Get a real MMA fight at WrestleMania between Lesnar and Lashley. Let them just hash it out and bring UFC guys over to make it kind of feel like that atmosphere as well. I'm all for it. No, I think that'd be really cool. The only way you could screw that up is if you try to have a fake MMA fight and guys are interfering, and that would be a circus. But if if you do it, you got to do it the full way. If one of them jumps out the octagon to grab a steel chair, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm uh, I'm with the fan. I, I think that would be awesome. So we speculated about. I think it was the last time we had you on. So one week ago, that we're not so sure that Roman's going to lose. Uh, I was once extremely sure, hey, this is the end of the bus. The, you know, the bus stop ends at WrestleMania in Los Angeles. He's dropping the title. They have been conveniently saying on Raw and SmackDown that, oh, he's close to 1,000 days as champ. By WrestleMania, he will not be 1,000 days as champ yet, which leads me to believe they're going to get him across that number or else why, why even bring it up? I'm thinking he's going to beat Cody at WrestleMania, bro. I think that there's more money in Cody chasing than holding. I think there's more money in Sammy chasing than holding. And I think that as long as they got a couple of very hot baby faces chasing, there's money to be made. There's match combinations to be had. As long as Roman's got the belt, there's still this little cloud of smoke in the background with The Rock maybe coming back. I think that they're going to keep the hand of cards that they have right now. I think they're going to stand pat and kick this can all the way down the road to the summer to uh, SummerSlam with the thought of if they we're still red hot, we might even run it back next WrestleMania. Who knows? So as you started talking about it, my mind started spinning. Would it be completely out of whack for SummerSlam to have a triple threat Roman holding both titles still because he didn't lose at Mania. The Rock, completely out of the picture. Forget about it. Move on. Roman versus Sami Zayn versus Cody Rhodes at SummerSlam. Title holder need not be pinned. Both belts are on the line one at a time. I mean... That would be entertaining. The heavyweight title goes first. The universal title goes first. Uh, Sammy pins Cody, wins the heavyweight title. The match continues. Cody pins Roman, gets the universal title. Match is over. You get both belts off of them. Everyone's happy that both of the red-hot baby faces win. And people are happy that Roman finally loses. Uh, I don't think you could go wrong there. That just just spun in my head. I don't know if it makes sense or not, but uh, I think it's doable. 
No, it does make sense. And one of the things that fans gripe about is that there's only one champion and that they want it to be two again. That's the easiest way to make that happen, bro. So you may be on to something. Triple H, give my guy Turtle a call, man. <laughs> yes, indeed. Uh, I, other than that, yeah, they're either griping that there needs to be two champs or they're griping that there needs to be one belt. But the two belts, one champ thing, uh, I don't think anyone likes it. Um, they they need to do something with it. Yeah, no, I agree, bro. Well, thanks so much for the time, man. We'll chat again next week. Uh, have a great rest of the week, buddy. Yes, indeed. Thank you. And as always, go Tarps and God bless America. That's Taylor Griffin doing a good job. We ran a little over with him, but we're going to stay on pace to get Cam Pierce on in the next segment of the show. It's play-by-play on KLEB. We'll be right back after this quick timeout. You're listening to KLEB. 1600 AM and K274 DE 102.7 FM Golden Meadow. The music on the bayou, the rage and Cajun. 1600 AM, KLEB and 102.7 FM. Some people just have a knack for being there when you need them the most. Like your third grade classmate who sticks up for you against that bully. The neighbor who gives you a jump start. And the friend who chases away that flock of geese at your outdoor wedding. Your state farm agent has your back too through good times and the not-so-good. And who's got your agents back? State Farm, the company people have trusted for more than 90 years. We're here to help life go right. Call State Farm agent Ashley Barrios and cut off today at 985-632-0988. Gulf South Homes is a locally owned and operated mobile home dealership specializing in manufactured homes, modular homes, office units, and camps. Gulf South Homes offers land home packages on your land or ours. Our friendly staff will help you with parts and service and insurance. Did you know you can even custom design your home? And we work with the Restore Louisiana Grant Program. So see us today at 1986 Highway 182 in Homa or call 985-876-0222. The home of your dreams is waiting for you at Gulf South Homes. Set yourself up for success when planning your next event. Whether it be a festival, Mardi Gras rodeo, or outdoor music venue, Joe's Septic Contractors knows that it's important to cover your bases well before the days of your event. Joe's Septic Contractors can supply 1810 three and two stall restroom air conditioned trailers anytime, anywhere, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Planning an event? Visit Joe's Septic at bizcom.net with locations in Cutoff, Thibodeau, Fushaw, Abbeville, Reserve, and now Odessa, Texas. At Riley John's Blue Boot Foundation, our mission is to help everyone be safer in and around water. Did you know drowning is the number one accidental cause of death in children under the age of four and the second leading cause of accidental death in children under the age of 14? Adolescents and adults are at greater risk of drowning in open water. Remember, drowning is preventable. Join Riley John's Blue Boot Foundation. It's Ford Truck Month at Calvin Braxton Ford, now offering 60-month 0.9 APR on all 2022 F-150s with $2,000 off MSRP. Get a great deal on all 2022 Explorers with $2,000 off MSRP. The sporty 2022 Ford Edge has $4,000 off MSRP. So now's the time to buy. Test drive one today at Calvin Braxton Ford, 5878 LA1 in Lockport. Big town inventory, small town prices. Offers good till April 3rd. Did you or your loved ones go without this hurricane season? Well, this year, go with. 
industrial power systems, your only local power generation professional, serving Lafourche for over 18 years. We offer sales, service, installation, and maintenance on all major brands of residential, commercial, industrial, and marine generators for the most trusted brands in the industry. Generac, Kohler, Briggs & Stratton, Cummins Onan, and many more. Industrial Power Systems. Power is our middle name. Call us today at 632-1692 or come see us on the back road in Galliano. If you have a pest control problem, Roundtree's Pest Control and Supplies has an experienced staff that can guide you with the products to use yourself for your home or business. They carry a full line of professional products for termites, mosquitoes, ants, wasps, fleas, bedbugs, mice and rats, or any other pest control need you may have. That's Roundtree's Pest Control and Supplies. Call 985-475-3314. That's Roundtree's Pest Control and Supplies. Looking to achieve a healthier lifestyle but have little time? The Terrebonne General Executive Health Program can improve your overall health for a lifetime in one visit. With little to no waiting, you get a whole year of wellness in one convenient location. Our preventative screenings increase your well-being by providing early detection against illness. With exceptional VIP service, you leave with a plan in hand to achieve a healthier lifestyle tailored for you. Call the Terrebonne General Executive Health Team at 985-850-6204 today. Lady of the Sea Community Pharmacy staff are trained in finding the lowest cost available on your medication. Stop by with your prescriptions or medicine bottles and let one of us review your options with you. With two convenient locations to serve you, we're located in Rouse's Supermarket, Highway 3235 in La Rose, or at Lady of the Sea Medical Clinic in Cutoff. Our staff available Monday through Friday from 8.30 a.m. to 7 p.m. and Saturdays 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. We treat you like family at Lady of the Sea. Juice! Juice, please! Connection, the all-new Raging Cajun, 102.7 FM. I'm Dean Saba, candidate for Great Lafourche Port Commission CD. A lifelong resident of the 10th Ward, retired from Lafourche Parish Sheriff's Office in 2021 with 37 years of law enforcement. My first goal is to increase the depth of Bell Pass Channel. This will diversify the port, creating jobs and good-paying salaries for all people in our community. Growing opportunities will provide a better quality of life for our residents. Please vote for me on March 25th, paid for by the Dean Sabwa Campaign Fund. While inventory is growing, prices are dropping at Golden Motors. Come to Golden Motors and check out the new 2023 Chevrolet Silverado with all new technology and improved great fuel economy. Whether you're looking to tow your boat or camper, or if it's just you for your daily commute, the comfort and towing capability is there for you. Check out the new 2023 Chevrolet Silverado at Golden Motors, 15101 Highway 3235 and Cutoff, the back road, 325-1000. Chevy, find new roads. 
Price is priority. It's Mike to tell you for Neal Small Engine Incorporated. Listen up. That's what we did at Gravely. We listened to lawn professionals. Then we brought the professional performance home. Gravely residential zero-turn mowers show the neighborhood that you mean business. Zero turns that are as tough as nails operate a comfort beyond compare. We've got 100 years of professional advice to perfect cutting performance. Just drop the deck, put the neighbors on notice. Gravely, driven from within. At Neal Small Engine Incorporated. Locations in Homa, LaRose, and Thibodeau. Last calling guest of the show is Terrebonne baseball coach, Coach Cameron Pierce, who's on the line now. His team is 3-3 three and three on the season. Coach, good afternoon, buddy. How are you? I'm all right. How about yourself? Doing fine, bro. Look, we had your game on Tuesday against South Lafouche. I know that was a tough one, man, because look, in many ways, you outplayed them, couldn't convert, couldn't get the big hit late. Uh, what did you tell your team after you drop an extra innings game that I know stung a little bit at home? Well, before I get into that, I do want to give credit to, uh, to Chandler. Chandler uh, outcoached me there at the end, and he deserves a lot of credit for what he's been able to pull off to this point. Um, kind of reverting back to our guys, you know, it's it, you're battle-tested. This, this is our third game in a row that's come down to the final inning when you think about it. Um, our game against Covington, we got walked off in the eighth. Our game against Slidell, same thing. We stormed back, tie the game in the top of the seventh, and for whatever reason can't close the door. And then the same thing, some, something similar happens again on Tuesday night. These games uh, are going to come back and help us later in the year because you know we're, we're battle-tested at this point. We've been in... Every ball game we've played so far has been a tight ball game at some point here and another, and I don't think they get much tighter than they've been the last three games and the Parkview game on Tuesday. So our guys are experienced in these moments, and I just hope we're able to learn from our mistakes um, that have led us to being in those moments. One thing that I noticed about your team, man, is that, uh, and maybe this is only something that happened on Tuesday, so I'm not trying to you know cast a, a, a wide shadow here, but you had a lot of strikeouts on Tuesday. Brock Johnson early in the game struck you out six times in three innings. Late in the game, you had some strikeouts. How do you get those guys to more consistently put it in play, bro? Or is that a problem that was just isolated to Tuesday for your team? It's not isolated to Tuesday. It's been an ongoing uh, struggle. I mean, like, like like I've told you all before, we're a little bit behind the eight ball as far as offenses, as far as what I would like to see uh, our offense be. Um, Brock did a good job elevating his fastball with two strikes, and I mentioned it to our guys going into the game that the pitchers that South was going to throw, they hit their spots, they throw strikes. I mean, I looked on game changer check box scores. They, they don't walk a lot of people, so they're going to make you get up there and swing the bat. And I think where, we, where we're at, I think we're at the plate, we're trying to do a little too much at times. We have been preaching pretty much this preseason to stay within yourself, and, you know, when you get two strikes, ease up and try to poke it. And that's taken a little bit longer to resonate with the guys than we would like. Through six games, I do believe we've struck out far too many times. We're averaging far too many per game for, for the type of offense we like. But what I think it is, um, I'm not trying to not trying to call my guys out or anything like that. But I do think some of them are trying to do more than what they're capable of instead of what they are capable of doing. Because last year at this point in the year, I think we we did a good job of staying within ourselves. And I think towards the end of the year, we were pressing and doing too much. Whereas right now, I think a lot of guys are pressing just because they're trying to either earn a spot or impress us 
because they see uh, some spots out there. But I think what it is, we worked a lot on pitch selection in the offseason, and it feels as though that, um, that skill, we're struggling with that right now. So we've been trying to just get them to go up there with a better plan in place, knowing what to do, and just having a better idea of what to do in certain counts, you know, when to be more selective, when to stretch it out a little bit, and when to simply just put the ball in play. You know, when you, when you strike out, you make things a lot easier on the defense. You make it easier on the pitcher, on the catcher. When you're putting the ball in play, now there's either a fly ball has got to be caught or a ground ball has got to be, got to be uh, fielded, and then the throw has got to be made. So you're putting more pressure on the opposing team just by putting it in play. And I think we're, we're getting closer to that, but we still need to do a better job of it. So tell me about Lovell, man. He he played uh, he played third base and, and looked good, and you know he was good at the plate, and he made some good throws. There were some whispers from, from some fans at the park that maybe he's battling some discomfort in like his back or neck or something like that. Is he good to go, bro? Like, and I know he had to go get checked out after hitting a double. The trainer went and you know, visited with him for a second. Like, is he good? He's good um, in certain parts of the game. Um, we're, we're monitoring his spot day by day. I mean, look, when you've got a player this caliber, you want to put him in the lineup as much as, as much as you possibly can. He hadn't swung a bat in a game in a week just because he aggravated something uh, against Homer Christian. So last night, uh, last, last night, um, Tuesday night was the first time he swung a bat in a game. And by all means, Monday during BP, he looked fine. I mean, just, just him trying to just make contact. I mean, he hit one out of dead center in batting practice. So when you got a a guy like him, you're trying to do everything you can to put him in the lineup. And, look, no matter how good of a player you are, if you're not 100%, people people notice it. And, unfortunately, it's um, it's a battle we're having to fight and a balance we're trying to work. What's next for your crew, bro? Where are you guys going this weekend? We're helping Vanderbilt host the Pat Para tournament. We've got four games this weekend. We've got East Ascension tonight, St. Thomas Aquinas, and Albany tomorrow night. And then we play Laurelville on Saturday. It's going to be some tough work, man. There's going to be four games in a short stretch of time. Uh, that's going to be some big ones, bro, to try to get back on the horse after a couple of tough losses, man. Tell me about your goals for the weekend. Our goals right now, let's just win the game that's in front of us. I mean, when you factor in the four games this weekend and we turn around and play at Southeastern against LaRondra on Monday, so we got five games this weekend. We're going to have to roll out five different starters, and this is where um, the, the pick-me-up mentality kind of comes into play. We got to have faith in our starters. We got to have faith in the guys on the field. And this is where the number of arms we have, which I've got all my, all my pitchers are back with me now. So I have 17 guys that can throw, um, that can pitch if we need to. Um, so we have a lot of different arms we can trot out there. But at the same time, you know, the number of arms you can trot out there doesn't mean anything if they can't throw strikes and get people out. So we're going to, Try to get as much as we can out of our starters, but at the same time, we're not going to try to run ourselves into a bind and hold a guy out there too long. Coach, you had a kid get injured at the end of the game, and I, I forget the name, brother, but he he went to second base and then just kind of went down, and he had to go straight out of the game. Give us an update, man. Is he okay? What, what, what's the lowdown on that? So that was Evan Oliver. Um, I've talked to his uh, his parents. I'm pretty sure he's okay. I haven't seen him in uh in the last two days, uh, I gave the seniors a day off yesterday. We had everybody that's not a senior in our program playing yesterday between JV and freshmen. So I didn't see him yesterday, and but I checked with his mom. He should be fine. I think they're going to get a brace, and he's going to be able to play this weekend. We may take it easy on him today, just 
give him time to, to heal and work the soreness out. But if he's good to go, we, we got a place to use him. Okay, good stuff, brother. Look, thanks so much for the time, man. We're up against the back end of the show, but uh, go get some wins this weekend, brother. All right, thank you for having me. Yep, that is Coach Cameron Pierce with Terrebonne High School doing a good job. We thank him so much for the time. We've got to put a pin in it right here. It's been a good show. Casey just there wrapping up today. Tomorrow we're going to get to our mailbag. Tomorrow we're going to get Damien. We're going to get Chandler. Loaded show. A lot of fun tomorrow. A lot of different things that you guys enjoy. Weekend predictions, everything of the sort. So loaded show tomorrow. You've been listening to Play by Play on KLEB. Have a great rest of the day, guys. Adios. We'll be back tomorrow. The French Connection, the all-new Raging Cajun, 102.7 FM.